you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The Around the NFL podcast. Keep it above the treetops while opening their kimonos. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Kevin Patra. Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. I think I did a better last show. Your impression was definitely better than Greg's. Hey, Dan. <laughs> Wait, let's do a hey, Dan off. All right, Patra first. Hey, Dan. All right, my turn. Hey, Dan. See, you're too twangy. Hey, yeah. Dan. I don't have a twang. Mine's a little cartoonish. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Purposely. Just to make it a little more fun. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Patra back for his second show. It's a record. Uh... Almost, that shirt can barely contain him. <laughs> your grunt explains who you are. It's your identity in the gym. Oh, really, Kevin? <laughs> I don't even know what that was, honestly. Oh, I thought that was you. No. Never um, said, said those words ever. Uh, I know there's always been a little bit of heat between Wes and Patra on the body tip, and now you're on the kissing cousin's side of the table. Where are we at on that? Well, he looks like he's got to run around mm. in the shower just to get wet. I don't uh, know. Whoa. Got to strap a two-by-four to his well, back to make sure he doesn't fall down the I'm, drain. I'm noticing a can theme. You, can you run around a shower? Wes is a competitive guy. He does not like it when someone's, oh. you know, put up on a pedestal. For instance, Mark's uh, Instagram account, he, he got competitive, <laughs> wants to say True. he's the man. Uh, uh, Patrick's body, which he takes pride in. So we, let's not forget about shortstop Tony Garcia of the field, <laughs> how awkward that was. Well, that one was actually true. So, <laughs> anytime that Wes's challenge is the greatest at something, he comes out with the daggers. Well, well the, Tony was proven to be way better than me as a shortstop. It wasn't the position of shortstop. It was the number three <laughs> hole in the lineup that was the – I think by contention. managing it, it all bared out well with the the trophy. You uh, right you are clearly the manager of the year in that league. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> um, this is the Friday edition of the Around the NFL podcast, sponsored by No One Beholden. To nobody. To nobody. So that's good. Um, today's show will focus on two principal things. 
with a little slice of news. Uh, Thursday Night Football, six games in week two of the preseason, and we're going to go through all of them, touch on them, um, see you know what are the big takeaways from those games. So we'll make sure to give you a real good look at what we saw so far, and then come Monday we'll, we'll check in on the rest of the games. There will be uh, six games today. 32 teams, 32 <laughs> by 16 is 2, 2 times 8, 16, 10 games <laughs> I don't know <laughs> on that Friday and Saturday painful. and Sunday. It got there. Yeah, it did. Well, I wasn't sure if you were serious or just <laughs> around. Oh, no. that was Dan, Dan takes that show your work motto seriously. Very much so. <laughs> uh, and we will also then continue, oh, my God, our division preview series wrapping up mercifully the <laughs> NFC uh, by taking on the NFC West division. So we'll do that. Um, and no no reason to waste any time here. Uh, before we uh, do any of that, though, we got to do the news. And before we do the news, we got to say hello to the Irishman. I wasn't uh, here last Friday when you guys did it. Soli took over for me. So I was just wondering, do you guys have any plans this weekend? What are you guys up to? Uh, Going to hang out with Kevin Patrick. Yeah, Kevin Patrick in town. All weekend. Yeah, and uh, – all weekend. Yep. Tomorrow, uh, Mark Sessler and I and our significant others, we're going under the, the big stars in the sky to uh, check out the Coldplay wow. concert at oh. the Rose Bowl. I must have not got the invite to hang out with Patrick, though. I no. Think. He oh. Uh, <laughs> he said no. <laughs> Are you not ready to hang out with uh, the Irish? I mean, that, I'm just stating a fact. He didn't get the invite. I didn't yeah. say he, could, he couldn't get one in the future. Ouch. I'm just pointing out a fact. Now, I bet you feel bad about asking about what people are doing this weekend now, a little bit, yeah, yeah, I do. All right, let's do some news. <laughs> right on Friday. For America. For America. Let's go. Yes, Eric Kush. Kush. Kush Lash. Is Eric his first name? Center for the yeah. Rams. Perfect, perfect name to uh, be moving to California. It's very, very true. Uh, let's start with news uh, that will affect the AFC. Le'Veon Bell. The best all-around running back in football who has suspended four games this season uh, for violating the league's substances of abuse policy. That suspension has been now knocked down to three games. Uh, the league uh, announced on Friday the suspension was re- reduced on appeal. Uh, Bell had missed several drug tests. Uh, Ian Rappaport had reported. So, with that said... That's a you know any game any amount of games without Le'Veon Bell is a big deal. So this is great news, Greg, for the Steelers who now are uh, getting their guy back a game earlier than they expected. Yeah, they get him back for a Sunday night football game against another uh, AFC playoff team from a year ago, the Kansas City Chiefs. Nice. That helps. I mean they've they've been getting used to playing without some of their star players. They were pretty good without Bell last year. So uh, if I was a real Steelers optimist, I'd almost look at it like this is a playoff team. This is a guy that's going to get a lot of work. It's not the worst thing in the world to have him a little fresher, three less games going into and what the playoffs. Coming back from a terrible knee injury, ACL, MCL tear, he gets that extra three weeks. A lot of guys, they rush back because they want to be involved with week one and get the season going. He doesn't have to rush uh, anymore. He's got that time. So this could work out, Wes. But they've got a quality backup. I think the big big takeaway I have was that his next is, if he has another infraction, hmm. it's four games, not ten, because of the agreement they reached here. That, they, 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 need their de- they need their defense to step it up. They need their defense to be better, and they'll be fine. I mean, with Martavis Bryant being out last year, we have to remember they were also without him for the first four games last year when Bell was gone for two as well. 
This is an annual I mean, thing, yeah. ha- him having it reduced by a game right before the season started. It went from three to two at this point. So he'll have five to four next year, is that what we're saying? We'll just go ahead until he's a set, set 17-year veteran. He'll be suspended for the entire show up, year. Show up for your test, uh, Le'Veon Bell. He, he has taken very little criticism for a superstar player who, who blew it. Yeah, he's been a little bit it's of a irresponsible. Mess. Not only irresponsible, but if you're his teammate, you can't be happy with him. And you know, speaking of Le'Veon Bell. Whoa. The third annual around the NFL podcast fantasy extravaganza takes place next week. And I, I, I booked a big fish. I'm going <laughs> to leave it there. I booked a big fish. I reeled in a big one uh, in terms of uh, a guest. Yeah. Ooh, hold on tight. Got him in the boat. Avion Bell? <laughs> what? Is that the guest? He guess? raised my competitive ire again. <laughs> what do we need a big fish for? We got Greg and me. <laughs> Ooh, not Mark, though, huh? He's an outsider. It's a good thing that Mark doesn't listen to the shows when he's <laughs> Well, you have stationed him outside the house like you're Fred Flintstone and he's Dino the Dinosaur. I got to do some prep. That's I, I was making a face being like, ooh, I got to get it. Part of the reason I got to get in the lab and get ready for this. Yeah, thing. part of the reason I keep referencing it, I'm trying to remind you. Oh, we know. To put on your hard hat, your fantasy hard hat. I'll be ready. The f- same hard hat you wore when you built Roto World brick by brick. Never happened. With those masculine hands. <laughs> What's so funny? Masculine. I didn't for say that as a joke. It was, I don't know why everybody laughed at it. No one's ever accused me of masculine hands, that's for sure. It's hard work moving strawberries. Oh. <laughs> uh, and also, um, just before we get into the Thursday Night Recap, I just want to cycle back. Again, the the new kissing cousins over here, almost adversaries. Uh, the last time they, were, they shared a dais together, this is what happened. Oh, Wes, I feel like you have something to get off your chest oh. after the Kevin Patra um, comments about his workout regimen and how you've been involved. Go ahead, tell us. I, he's making some great progress, as you can see. But as I'm coming from the sidelines up to my seat, I almost stepped on him. He's like a 170-pound oh. guy. Oh. Wow, that's <laughs> yeah. Well, it was wow, one, that was 188. All in good, all in good fun. It is all in good last, fun. Last February that was. Uh, are, where are you at now? Are you physically bigger in your mind, mass-wise? Well, I've been. I, I told you earlier this summer that I was. It was. It's, it's summertime. You. Cut down, lean down. It was lean right. time. We get into winter, then you bulk back up. I'm excited. So I'm actually down a few pounds, Dan. Thanks. You look good. Thanks. Uh, all right. Just <laughs> checking in over there, Greg. <laughs> it's a co- common strategy. Not making it awkward at all. I, I think he looks great. I think Kevin looks better than he's ever looked since he worked at the NFL. That's there a true go. statement. Uh, love does that for people. I see it. He's glowing. All right. <laughs> let's talk about a Thursday night football guy. Well, it wasn't Thursday night football, that brand built by the NFL. Uh, but it was Thursday night football being played. And let's go down uh, all through the six games. We want to touch on something from all these games. Um, of course, Craig, we're not, we don't care about the final score. Who, ca- who cares about the I mean, score? anyone who's any anyone read Dan's uh, end around last week, read the full <laughs> thing, one topic, and then you uh, learned all about not taking the preseason too seriously. Should really I let that go? It out. Should Spe- let that go? Spelled it out for you. Greg, uh... David Eel. No, they, see, that was, that was a private joke, you know. Desk right. editor um, said to me today, or earlier today, he said, you know, what's the focus of your end round? And then Greg cut him off and said, oh, if you knew anything about the end round, Ely, you'd know that it's multiple <laughs> topics every week. And the truth of the matter is, last week, it was a La Raville Magnifico. La Raville Magnifico. 
was at least a La Ravie. Wait, isn't it? For one, a one week. Says the man whose running bit is literally that he never reads any of our articles. Who? You. What do you mean? His running bit is that he yeah. did read he the articles one. even though he, he didn't did. really. He missed one. Yeah, uh, and I read your Tony Romo piece, and I really enjoyed it, and I tweeted it out. But the reveal was that I had started yeah. writing it on one topic, a one-topic column last week. So, Ely, check one in the victory box for Ely. I blew it. It's okay. I'll take the L. All right, let's start talking. But NFL.com slash Enderound for all Enderound goodness, uh, including this week's column, Wes. Tom Brady, you're getting old, baby. I put it on paper. I read it. Put it on paper. Put forth some strong arguments, which I will rebut within the next couple of weeks. I love it. That'll be fun. Let's start in Seattle, guys, with our Thursday night recap. Uh, a game between the Vikings and the Seahawks, a rematch, of course, of the wild card game last year, the one that ended with uh, Blair Walsh uh, blowing the game, and his name will come up a little bit later. But, Chris Wessling, let's start with the man that keeps on popping up now in any conversations about uh, the 2016 season, Mr. Revelation himself, Kristen Michael. And I call him a revelation. Awakening is what that's been attached to him a lot. But, Wes, you wrote in our What We Learned uh, recap that the man was a revelation against the Vikings. He was. He was explosive. He looked like he was shot out of a cannon on a few runs. He lost yards because he slipped on the carpet twice and still averaged six yards a carry. They lined him up wide as a receiver. We're leading with this because – I'm guessing because I think Kristen Michael is a much bigger story than the rest of the football world does. But he looks to me like an elite running back, not just like a guy who's going to step in in week one because Thomas Rawls isn't ready. They've got two stud running backs now. What is the chance, devil's advocate here, that this is a classic preseason illusion situation where he is, you know, we talked about this guy two years ago that he was going to the same exact type of uh, accolades that he really has had an awakening other than what we've seen, which is a very limited sample size. If you want my honest opinion, there's a 0% chance that this is not. <laughs> I, tr- I trust my eyes. Zero. I trust well, my eyes. This is an explosive noted. running yep. back who has seen the light, and the coaches have all talked about it. His teammates have all talked about it. He's a different player than he was. He always had the talent. Now he's got the discipline and the fundamentals. And I think we saw it at the end of last year. It's not like it just happened in the preseason. He had a good end of last year and a good uh, playoff game. I, absolutely true. If you go back and watch Week 17 and the wild card round of the playoffs, he ran with authority, and he looked like an every-down running He's back. earned a role. He has that ability to cut while moving forward, which is a Jamal Charles type of trait. And uh, they used him out of the backfield, splitting out wide. So maybe they'll maybe they'll use him in that role a little bit more to get him on the field. But I kind of expect them to split carries early right. in the year. Where was Teddy Bridgewater in this game? It's weird. He didn't play, and Mike Zimmer isn't telling us why he didn't play, other than he didn't want him to play. I think He's not I, hurt. I think it was just Ben. I think they were playing the Seahawks. Yep. And you know Ben Roethlisberger didn't play. Aaron Rodgers hasn't played yet. I know Teddy Bridgewater is not at that stage, but I just think he he decided to rest him. It was weird though. That's kind of how I looked at it. Like why put him out there in with this defense? You're still working in an offensive line that hasn't meshed yet. So why put him back there? And uh, should the Minnesota Vikings be concerned about Blair Walsh? Mm. I mean he he hooked another one left or pushed it left. So yeah, I I think kickers in the NFL. If you've re- if you've read Michael Lewis has written about this, kicker in the NFL isn't usually about talent; it's about mental toughness. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. It's a, it's a tricky position because you can only stay with them so long. But they'll obviously 
Uh, hope that it's all straightened out by the regular season. My concern if I was the Vikings in this game was more Laquan Treadwell, who had a rough game, right. didn't create much separation. I think the chances of him moving up the depth chart before the season starts is, is over at this point. I don't, Charles I don't, Johnson's job is safe on the team. Yeah. yeah. Not only that, I, I don't think Treadwell's going to get a lot of snaps early. Not the end of the world, but their last two first-round picks – him and Trey Wayne's not getting a lot of production out of those two guys. Well, it also tells you, I mean, we still think they're going to be a, a good team with him not having a lot of, that. they don't necessarily sure. need that to be a contender in the NFC. They don't need their first round pick to come in and be explosive right away. All right, let's move on to the Cincinnati Bengals at the Detroit Lions. And Kevin Patrick, you are our resident Lions fan. We all know Tragically. that. You hang in there. You're a real tragic figure in that sense. <laughs> but you're in good company with a Browns fan and Jets fan also attached to this podcast. Uh, Matthew Stafford to Marvin Jones. I was just talking about Marvin Jones as my breakout star candidate this season. They continue to look good together, don't they? Yes. I mean, that's the one, one of the biggest takeaways you can take from the Lions offense is that Matthew Stafford looks very comfortable in Jim Bob Cooter's Coots. offense. Looks very comfortable. He was slinging it around on the first drive. And then the connection with, with Marvin Jones up the, down the field, not just on little short five-yard, six-yard routes. He had a 32-yard catch and tap, toe, toe tap, and then it followed directly by a 19-yard one. So I think that that combination is already where it where we've heard it talk about that he's Marvin Jones is going to be the number could be the number one I still think it's going to end up where Tate and him balance each other out but he's looking great so far Stafford's had more wow plays I think in this tiny sample size of the preseason than any quarterback in the league and I don't think you get carried away because Russell Wilson for instance didn't score didn't do anything had a terrible game last night it's like that doesn't change my opinion on him but it's nice to see if you're a Lions fan I, I think that the Lions are gonna have to throw the ball like 50 times a game to win I, I don't think can't move the ball the, the 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 offensive line was better this week as a pass blocking unit but they cannot open a hole to save their lives uh Taylor Decker hasn't looked Decker good these two weeks. Got, I'd be concerned. Yeah, he's just too stiff and tall. By the way, Patrick, I'm curious. Uh, Matthew Stafford, in all your years as a Lions fan, he has to be the most maddening player to watch, right? Because, yes, because yeah. he goes through spurts where he looks phenomenal when he's run. I think they're going to run uh, a lot of no huddle because that's when he looks the most comfortable. Late in games last year, we saw it against Miami, for instance. When he's just a gunslinger just throwing it around the park, he looks great. And he Does looks he look like a kid out there? He looks like a kid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but all right. And on the Cincinnati, on the Cincinnati side, uh, Patrick Tyler Boyd, we have Marvin Jones now making plays in Detroit. Tyler Boyd, is he going to step in and be that number two that they need behind AJ Green? Yes. He had a phenomenal sideline catch today and he, you can see he knows where to go in the zone. He had a, that he caught a, a touchdown pass against a safety on the inside. I think that he's going to easily step in into that Jones, Mar um, Sanu role in Cincinnati, and I think we don't need to worry about the Cincinnati offense. I think that's what they've proved in the first two weeks of the preseason. Jeremy Hill looked fantastic yesterday in limited time. He looks like he has his burst back. He was running downhill, no stuttering at the line like we saw early last year, and I think their their offensive line, their offensive line was creating huge holes. This is Boyd Duke Tobin might have done it again with Boyd. They, they were disappointed not to get Treadwell or Dotson in the first round right before them. They might they might end up happy with what they got in Boyd. I saw a report from Rob Weintraub, who's a freelance writer who specializes in the Bengals, said the Bengals did not want Laquan, Laquan Treadwell, mm. whether he fell to them or not. They Interesting. Were, they were going to take William Jackson. Wow. Uh, let's move on, guys, to the factory of gladness. <laughs> 
wow, the hype around the Browns right now is through the roof, and it's all because RG3, Robert Griffin III, and Terrell Pryor continue to connect on deep balls. Long reception for the second week in a row, this time for a touchdown uh, as the Browns, you know, let's let's face it, Greg, the Browns uh, are a team that they're not going to win the division. They're not going to go to the playoffs. But are there are we starting to see some hints that this team could be fun to watch, or is this one of those cruel uh, get the Browns fans excited and then rip out their guts situations right now? I think I don't have a an answer, yes or no. That's boring. But I think Hugh Jackson's going to make them more fun to watch, regardless. I, I don't know if this is a mirage, but he's going to make them more aggressive and he's going to maximize what they have. Uh, I think from the receivers and the skill position, I, it's a wait and see for me on Griffin, but it's nice to see him getting some protection and throwing a nice deep ball like he used to. I mean, he's good at that. I think yesterday, right? one thing yeah. one thing yesterday proved, I think what their offense is going to be is a lot of short screen passes that go for a few yards, and if somebody can break a tackle, and then you're going to see the bomb. I mean, he had, he, he had 17 yards on his four receptions that weren't, the two bombs that he threw, the two deep passes, and he looked great on that. So I think that's what they're going to be. Their offense is going to be quick passes to get the ball out of his hand, so he's not hit. And then when you can take a shot, you take a shot. If Terrell Pryor can't run more than a go route, that's not going to carry over to the regular season. But that's a valuable trait if you can beat a, a great cornerback like Desmond Trufant that badly with that sort of size. You know, if they get Terrell Pryor to get. 500 yards in, in five touchdowns, to me, that's a win. If regular season defenses know that all Terrell Pryor is doing is running straight down the field, they're going to play defense a little bit differently than Trufant did. Yeah, it's I, I don't know that, that that's going to carry over into the regular season, but I think it's what Greg's point was up the top. It's definitely going to be more exciting. They're going to try, at least. But I think that playing against the Falcons had something to do with his good play. They didn't touch him in a lot of situations. They just didn't have a pass rush. Vic Beasley didn't play because he's got a, a shoulder issue already. Uh, and I just, like I mean, we talked about last episode, I, I, I'm, I don't think the Falcons have a pass rush, and I think that helped RG3. But certainly. this is this is also where you have to look at it both ways. Hugh Jackson's not going to show anything in the preseason, good or good or bad. So to me, like we'll see what the Hugh Jackson offense is when the regular season starts. The funniest thing I saw last night was it's obviously been drilled into RG3's head that he needs to slide. <laughs> Sliding is hilarious. Still slides with two feet like a two-year-old. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. Why is that so hard? It's One like of the he, best athletes in the world cannot do a baseball slide. And he's not alone because, like, I, I played Little League Baseball growing up, and you, you learn how to slide. It's not the hardest thing to do. You don't have to be a gifted I mean, uh, athlete to pull it off. That's Let's try to hit the number here. It's got to be like 75% of six-year-olds playing Little League can do a baseball slide. <laughs> Well, it's weird because isn't wouldn't sliding with two feet be tougher? Yes, it you is have to tougher. Jump. You have to like jump into the ground or something. It's, it's it was a thing to watch. To All right, I think it's so I'd be mildly annoyed, by the way, as someone who wants to take Devontae Freeman early in fantasy drafts. I'd be mildly annoyed that they're mixing in Tevin Coleman with the yeah. first drive. Hopefully, they keep seeing the fact that Freeman's just a much better player. Oh my but, god! But they they do seem serious about the fact that they want want Freeman looks guys. awesome. Yeah, I, I know. But it annoys me that Coleman's in there on the third, fourth snap of the game. I mean, it's Coleman, he doesn't impress me at all because he can't get into space. I get that he's got this breakaway speed or whatever, but he can't break a tackle to save his life. He just runs right into the line. He can't get to daylight in order to use his speed, where Freeman is making one cup, getting uphill, getting downhill, and just running over people. Not a great it's night ridiculous. For, the, for the Browns offense overall. 
I mean, defense overall, rather. And it was interesting to see Barkevius Mingo in the in, until the very last snap of the game. And Danny Shelton, who I think they really want to see more out of in there at the end, uh, from the beginning to the end. What did game. you ask me about Carl Nassib coming into the podcast studio? Oh, well, they got to be – They got uh, when are they building the statue for him? It's got to be under, under construction already. Do you guys have any interest, by the way, in – going inside the head of Mark Sessler last night because I did get some audio. Okay. <laughs> Big old anime eyes jumping through the west side of Los Angeles, collecting gold coins. I actually saw him doing that, yes. He, <laughs> his Twitter feed was, was a, a joy to watch. Here's one tweet, my favorite tweet. There are a bunch of them. Griffin to Pryor, it's real, all of it, hashtag Browns. The Browns, Browns Sessler's getting excited. I mean, even, oh, he's all in. Even Connor woke up early on his day off to write a uh, uh, RG three word porn story. <laughs> like, oh, the Browns like, fans—they're adorable. They love it. The hype is already here. Pretty they deserve hype. something. You know, we we get on Patra for having that whiteboard of of enemies, but uh, I think Connor Connor keeps his enemy. He keeps his enemies. Foremost in his mind more than any of us, I believe. And I think Patrick just stepped on that list with that comment. Well, with the word porn yeah. comment? Well, I mean, I think he would admit no, don't, that. Don't worry about What's it. What's wrong with word porn? Listen, you're Not just... a word porn fan, Greg? You're, you're sharing your opinion. Jillian Edelman is still dead to Connor. I don't know. <laughs> you're in trouble. That's what I'm saying. I would not want to cross that guy. Let's move uh, to Lambeau Field where the Raiders and Packers played. And I'll tell you what. Good times for the Packers. Offense, tremendous first drive, chewed up clock. Eddie Lacy making plays, getting in the end zone. And then, Patrick, you notice the secondary is looking sneaky great. Yeah, well, first off, on the offense, I thought I was impressed with the offensive line. We talked about how the, the Raiders' defensive front was much better this year than last year, and they just kind of bullied – the Packers' offensive line bullied them around on that first drive, which is if they can get a pass, pass protection and run blocking and the way Eddie Lacy looks, just fresh – and willing to be patient to the hole and hit the hole hard, and Aaron Rodgers gets protection. I mean, that's uh, you. This offense could revert back to where it was well before um, being down last year. Wes talked about Haha Clinton Dix maybe breaking mm-hmm. out. Demarius Randall's a guy to watch if he can take a, a big second more year consistent. leap. He was pretty good, yeah. pretty good already because he makes. There's just not enough cornerbacks that are playmaker like makes plays on the ball, and he he seems great at that. I think this is like I, I kind of asked in the what we learned like is this one of the most underrated secondaries in the league we don't really talk about them much on the upper echelon with the you know with some of the other the Seahawks and others but I mean Clinton Dix as you said Randall Shields Hyde Ladarius Gunther I think they have a lot of good young pieces that when they gel they could be one of the best secondaries in the league Wes, they showed it yesterday just frustrating the crap out of Derek Carr Wes we shouldn't be uh, concerned about the Raiders offense not looking too hot should we no okay just double checking no, no check it. Moving on, Chicago and the Pats. And, uh, Greg, uh, some more up and downs from Jimmy Garoppolo. What is your grade mm. for James Garfield Garoppolo after <laughs> two preseason games? Yeah, B. I thought he was better last night. He had a few uh, off-target throws, as Wes mentioned. Um, but I, I, in preseason, I don't, I don't get too carried away with much of anything. I, I try to look for the traits that you like. And I, the things I like – he has that quiet, like people talk about Tom Brady for his quiet feet that he maybe early in his career showed that better than than just about any quarterback we've seen. And I, and you see that a little bit with Garoppolo that he's so calm and it, in the pocket. He 
doesn't get bothered by the pass rush around him. He goes through his progressions well, and he seems mature. I don't know if he's a super talented, accurate guy, but I think he can be solid. I think he shows those sort of veteran quarterback traits you don't see out of a third-year player. When you're looking for traits and you watch Jimmy Garoppolo, does it occur to you that he's essentially Alex Smith when it comes to throwing beyond the stick? Yeah, he's not going to. He To me, I talked about it with you. To me, he could be like an Andy Dalton. You know, he's got a little plus athleticism and, and a game manager type of guy. But if you're – you know, that's, that's the NFL. You win from the neck up at quarterback. If he's solid, by the way, and – makes some plays, they're going to be fine. They're going to go three and one or worst case scenario, two and two, which is all that they can ask for. I mean, worst case scenario, they go on four. Well, I'm saying, but if he's solid <laughs> facts, even if he's, I mean, they're not going to go. There's a huge four. difference between Tom Brady and solid. Yeah. You're saying they could go. zero and four. If Garoppolo, I absolutely solid believe they could go. zero and four. If, if Garoppolo, so you must not felt. like this Patriots team that much. I love this Patriots team, but I don't think solid is necessarily what Tom Brady is. I, I, I I'm not I, asking him to be Tom Brady. I, I think, think zero and four is a possibility. I, I, the what? Reason, one reason I don't think they'll go Wait, and what? four is because I'm starting to like some other things that I see from this team, whether it's Trey Flowers, whether it's it occurred to me watching this game last night in these two games, like Jamie Collins. You know, we haven't talked about him much. He might have another level to go up. Like, he, he is that talented, and the way that he's flashed in these couple of games started to make me think, like, does he have another level of defensive player of the year type of, of step up to go? Uh, I, I'm worried about their secondary, but overall I think their defense will be all right. Unless Garoppolo is a disaster, Bill Belichick is not going to let this team go 0-4. They're going to scheme their way or figure out a Crazier way to win things games. have happened than a backup quarterback failing to win games for a month. Still but, if he's bad. I'm saying if he's good. I think there's a basic. Well, I do think here. it's worth you do get pointing three out home games in, in that mix. Which I've been underwhelmed by him, but it's worth pointing out that he hasn't had Gronk, Edelman, Amendola. Right. Mac- Malcolm Mitchell didn't play last night. They didn't have Rob Ninkovich on the field. It's like and the Bears didn't have half of a lot of their good players. It, it, these preseason games are tough from like a team perspective uh, to take a lot out of. But you look at the individuals. I'm still waiting to see something out of Kevin White. I, I think, you know, they're having a hard time kind of getting him into that mix. He's on. He's on the field. Yeah, he had not really do anything. One catch and then he dr- a bad, terrible drop yesterday. He just hasn't been in that offense since hasn't hasn't clicked at all. That's for the, the worst of your problems. You're, you know, they're doing okay, right? What? The Patriots or the yeah. Bears? Oh, Kevin White. You meant Kevin okay. White. Yeah. Oh, you're thinking, James White. James yeah. White. Oh, I'm excited. This Anthony Johnson guy. If that was the only game you ever watched in the NFL, you'd think he was a defensive player of the year. Looked like an All Pro. Um. By the way, the a little bit of shakiness uh, from the backup quarterback isn't the only problem for the Patriots. Uh-oh. Run for cover. Oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> Tom Brady got the scissors. Oh. Tom Brady swept, lacerated his right thumb, <laughs> scratched from the starting lineup. No, well, you think that's a bad – that's a good thing. He did it that's now. A before a of, yeah, pre- that's a throne of East. Thing. Yeah, that's a, exactly. That's a, It didn't do it in week five, but, so he couldn't play no. in the first game back. He did it now. He's like, who cares? He's got a month. No, Kevin. It's, that's, a, that's a good Calm omen. Down, Kevin. No, you're, you're you know twisting why? this to make your narrative, and it just doesn't Whoa, work. Whoa, I like this, oh, Patrick. It just doesn't Whoa. work. Twisted narrative. Kevin, I will take away your microphone right now. <laughs> Let me tell you what that lacerated thumb proves. <laughs> He bleeds. Does he bleed his own blood? What He's about, just a man. I want to show you a num- some numbers. He's just a man. Since this decade started, they've won at least 12 games every year. That is an outrageous thing. 
Yeah, we know Ted. the Patriots are good. I know, they but that, I guess I didn't really realize that. Oh, yeah, that was the other thing that came out of it. Wes said downstairs that your prediction is that the Patriots, once Tom Brady returns, will not lose for the rest of the year. That is my prediction. Wow. You want to put a sandwich I on I like this. No. So they're going to go 0-4. <laughs> gotcha. They're going to go 12-4 and 4 with Garoppolo going 0-4. That would be quite a I'm story. not saying Garoppolo's going to go 0-4. I'm saying it's a possibility. I mean, when you got – when you got A.J. Derby on your team, you're not going 0-4. That's looks, true. He looked <laughs> amazing yesterday. They got another tight end. The man believes. So many tight ends. I think it's funny how, how scared to death Dan is of Tom Brady. <laughs> Why do you think it's funny? Of course I am. You don't know what it's like, Wes. You this just don't know. He's been a brilliant quarterback uh, since I, I was a college junior. This is ridiculous. I totally agree. I have the End lux- it. I have the luxury of sitting back and just watching his greatness while you have to sit there and hope for bad things to happen to him. Listen, it's not even a bad thing. We all get older. And the last line of defense for people like me is human biology, baby. Check it out. A column on NFL.com <laughs> slash around. That's what we got left. Everything else has failed. Coaches, players, schemes, different different situations nothing has worked but his body will be the one that fails him father time is the one figure that towers over tom brady it's true but it's such a long wait for you hey it's been a long wait this is the beginning of a gradual decline mark my words one thought that happened three one inch decline every year for the next decade nope i put it on paper for a reason uh today i remember when he was no longer elite two off seasons ago i never said that super bowl mvp I never said that. He's 39 years did. old. I mean, Dan's going to be right. Decline, like, it's not a bold statement to say a guy's going to decline. If a he keeps bit. predicting this Brady. every year for the next half decade, at some point he's going to be right. This is the year. <laughs> this is the year. Finally, the Philadelphia Eagles and Pittsburgh Steelers played a uh, battle for Pennsylvania, guys. Whoa. Rematch in the regular season, I believe, it. this year, right? Yeah. And, Wes, uh, the, some intrigue with Martavis Bryant. Uh, out of the picture this season. Eli Rogers playing well. Sammy Coates, look out. Sammy Coates is inconsistent. He made a beautiful toe-tapping sideline catch and another hands catch, I think, on a slant, but had a offensive pass interference penalty, and twice Landry Jones was intercepted going to Sammy Coates when he could have made a play on the ball. I think it's that inconsistency, and when the ball's in the air – do you trust his hands? I'm not sure if his instincts and hands are good enough to play when, frankly, the offensive coordinator has a crush on Eli Rogers, who looks mm. to me like the week one slot receiver. Yeah, he, he fits that offense better, doesn't he? Sammy's not going to play the slot as well as Eli Rogers has shown. Which, and it's just weird that Sammy Coates has been so terrible in the last two preseason games with everything we heard of from training camp, which you usually judge better than – usually that takes precedence over a couple preseason drives – but he just looks so – and we've heard it was so good in those training camps that it's just weird, like, whatever happened in, like, in the different – what was the difference? they got to get a new backup quarterback. Yes, oh, they God. do. Yes, they do. Four interceptions for Landry Jones. Four. The problem, especially when Ben Roethlisberger is a guy you fully expect to miss games. It just happens every year. To at me, at that's a game or two. The only chink in Roethlisberger's armor at this stage of his career is his durability, and you got a guy throwing four picks and twenty pass attempts. That's scary. And he's I mean, and he's never we've ne- he's never shown reason to believe in him. I'm not saying that Big Ben is a picture of durability, but I believe he hadn't missed a game in three years before he missed games last year. Maybe he compl- he talks about his injuries so much. That's that's yeah, true. He, he loves plays to play through injury. injury. That's true. That's true. He wants you to know that he's playing. He missed injury. five starts last year. He did play two full seasons before that. Missed three starts the year before. 
He is. I mean, he's not a picture of durability because he takes so many hits, but I couldn't agree more. They've needed – they've always needed a better backup than they've had. How about Caleb Sturgis? Where does that rank on the all-time <laughs> worst freak injuries? I was asking Patrick, like, honestly, how – I want to hear the story of how a kicker can possibly get injured, I mean, get a concussion in a pregame. Yeah, all we knew is that – well, at first they just announced that all of a sudden a kicker got a concussion. I was like, did he run into the wall? Like what were you? What was he Gus doing? Gus style. And I, I guess yeah. That's all. That was my initial thought. Like he was walking and he banged his head on a pipe or something. But <laughs> like that was what I mean. What, how else do you get a concussion before that's, the pregame? I was one. But apparently a random punt, an errant punt, hit him in the head. And I didn't. You know, concussions are ra- fluky like that. What would, it hit him in the right way? I guess. What would Deacon Jones say about that? Man up. It's a different era, Greg. It's a different I'm, era in the NFL. I. That is absolutely true. <laughs> Can't deny that. <laughs> just, I don't want to get on some. Oh, they're just a bunch of guys playing patty cake out there. It's like who the who the hell am I? <laughs> no, I'm it is. Little, I'm a little weakly, and these guys are animal. You know, they're crazy. It is another they're not example. crazy, but they're great. Okay, great. <laughs> well, they say that they say that soccer players get concussions all from the time, yeah. all the head balls they do. Yeah, you would think that, right? And in, uh, this is the same week where we just got treated to the flashback to 1991 L.A. Rams training camp where we saw the carnage on the field in a, in a, a practice during a, a training camp back in 91. Uh, it's just a much different game now. So the guy gets conked on the head by a punt. Uh, I think Pam Oliver, she fought through it. Ian Rappaport yeah. got banged in the head. She fought through it. But under the new policies of the NFL. Kicker's got to sit it out. Hey, did anybody ever give Rappaport a concussion test for that? Mm. I would have done it live on air. Yeah, that's what I mean. That would turn it into a teachable moment. Okay. E- Egos might not be any worse without Chip Kelly, but they're definitely going to be more boring. Just too bad. Are you starting to get edge yourself away? Because you were excited about the Eagles. No, I, I'm sticking with the Eagles. No, you're not. Yeah, I am. I believe that when I see it. What do you mean? I just did. There's the no, offense there's no <laughs> changing. The offense is going to be dysfunctional. It's not a great offense. Not a great division. I think – they can find ways to win, but it's not going to be an exciting. I defense. love that you're talking yourself into this just so we can take advantage of you picking the Eagles. In Jim, this Jim Schwartz's defense can get up to the quarterback, and they have some. They can force turnovers, so that's what they have going for them the best from what we've seen so far. All right, there's the Thursday night recap. Uh, the Monday Monday show. We'll look at the uh, rest of the storylines to come out of Week Two of the preseason. Preseason. Let's move on now, gentlemen, to a division preview. Uh, wrapping up the NFC with the NFC West division. And just like we have done uh, for the other three previews, uh, we will name a breakout star, a biggest concern, an underrated storyline, and then pick a song that best describes a main storyline or the state of the division. You know, let you go with it. I'm a little disappointed that we don't get one of Mark's um, Mm. bizarre offerings today. Uh, but I know Patrick will do an excellent job in his place. And, and speaking of Kevin Patrick, he's going to get us going with the breakout star of the NFC West in 2016. My guy is the my making the leap candidate from this year, one of them, uh, Tyler Lockett, wide receiver, Seattle Seahawks. Um, doesn't have the size of a prototypical guy, but we've like we talked about a lot, he's a fin- fantastic route runner. I think just south of Antonio Brown when it comes to that that skill in the in the NFL he can get open he, deep, and he's not just a deep guy he's not just a guy that's like Terrell Pryor we talked about earlier who's just going to go deep on you he can run the back, comeback route and his comeback routes are so precise he seems like it almost makes it look like the defensive back blew the coverage because he's mm. usually so wide open he can make t- catches in tight space 
And I think with the, C- the Seahawks offense opening up more this year with uh, Russell Wilson taking charge, I think he's going to have a phenomenal breakout year. Well, it's right. a great matchup with Russell Wilson's deep ball. Not that they haven't had some guys who can go deep, you know, but the, right now, he, I mean, they need a, a true deep threat, and he's going to be that guy, and he can run the whole game. I mean, over the last five games when they opened the up offense up last year, he had 23 catches, 318 yards, and three touchdowns. I mean, you extrapolate that over the full season, he's got over 1,000 yards, 70-plus catches. Well, that's funny you say those numbers because I'm going to give you a little over-under game here, buddy. Over-under, 70 catches. Over. 1,100 yards. Ah. Oh, come on. I thought you were going to say I thought you were going to say it. I was going to go 11 1050, but I'll go over on 1100. Has Russell Wilson ever had a I don't wide receiver so. go over 1100 yards? Well, Doug Baldwin, Baldwin last, last year. year did he do? I felt like Baldwin had like 1000 yards in 7 weeks last year. He had 9 touchdowns in 4 weeks, I think. Anyway, 8 touchdowns. He had nope, 1069 for Baldwin. Anyway, 8 touchdowns over under. Um Eight and a half. Sorry. I'm going to go under. All right. So he's going to just sneak into the star category. A little lower end star, but a Pro Bowl type season. Yeah. and Well, I mean, he also does kick kick and punt returns. Does that count in your touchdowns, actually? I guess I should re- No, re- I was not re- counting okay, that. good. But that's good to know as well if he's going to be a standout special teams player. Wes, a breakout star in the NFC West. Well, I was going to talk Kristen Michael, but since we already covered him, let's go with the most obvious breakout star in the entire NFL, David Johnson. You called Le'Veon Bell the best all-around back in football. I think by the time this season's over, you're going to be calling David Johnson the best Mm. all-around back. Hello. And Steve Kime has called him the best receiving running back he's ever seen, including Marshall Falk. Pretty high praise. How did everybody miss on this guy? I don't understand how he is this good and went in the third round last year. He went. Well, where he went to school. Yeah, I was going to say he wasn't playing against competition. You try to project that, and a lot of guy times they miss. Also, the Cardinals Unreal. developed him. Well, I think the other he was a guy who did not want to run between the tackles exactly. when he got in Arizona. And then the knock was coming out of college and that he wasn't going to be able to run it inside well for that size. Uh, to his credit, though, like Greg Cosell and some other people, they were huge on David Johnson uh, right after the draft because of that skill set, and, and it's come come to fruition. Yeah, I think if you watch his his rookie tape, what stands out a lot is early in the year, Bruce Arians is really creative with him as a wide receiver, lining him up all over the field. And once Chris Johnson gets injured, they just use him more as a normal running back. He's still involved in the passing game, but not running those same creative routes that he was early in the season. And I think you're going to see a lot of that this year, that what they're going to do with him as a receiver, I mean, it it wouldn't surprise me if he has 75 or 80 catches. So you say breakout superstar. I'm talking like MVP candidate. Yeah, that good. Yes. Keep that in mind, fantasy heads. Wessling high. And I will uh, now share my breakout star. Uh, good times, uh, prosperous times in the NFC West because mine is Todd Gurley, who uh, went over 1,000 yards last year, missed the first four weeks coming back from that ACL tear. In the same situation, Todd Gurley's already a star. But I think he becomes a superstar this year. Now he's got his legs under him, no concerns about the knee. He's He slowed down the last eight games last year. My only concern is that their passing game is going to be such a disaster that it's going to lead to eight in the box and all that stuff. But I think he's good enough to make that uh, not be as big an issue as it would be for other running backs. I'm saying he's going over 1,500 yards rushing and having that type of monster season where he will be viewed as – uh, if David, unless David Johnson eclipses him, I could see him, the torch being passed from AP to Todd Gurley as the best running back. You're not football. worried about that offensive line at all? 
I'm I'm worried. About, yeah, I'm, it's not a perfect team. I mean, that, that, and that's the biggest thing working against him. But I'm just going off what he did when he was at his best last year and the the buzz around him coming into the league, given that second year, that maybe this is the year that he becomes just a, a total stud. Yeah, that's who's, my breakout star. Who's the favorite to lead the NFL in rushing? That's a good question. It'll be a good race. I would Peter's say it's probably. Gurley. Gurley? AP and Gurley. You can't discount AP, but he is 31 now. Jamal, no, he's not no. going to be in the mix. Nope. It, it is a, a cool thing to think about. This conversation is just getting me thinking that these two guys in the a- NFC West could be battling for for years, for best running back in the league for years, facing each other a lot of times. In general, I think best running back in the league crown is kind of out there uh, this year for, for someone to take. Who are we disrespecting that? And we're going to get a bunch of tweets. I mean, Le'Veon Adrian Bell is, Peterson. Cer- is certainly in that mix. Peterson, but who do we not mention? I don't think it's being disrespectful to Jamal Charles considering the injuries coming off, but yeah. he, he certainly has to be in that mix. I think Frank Gore, you always have to talk about <laughs> <laughs> Inconvenient truth. Uh, breakout star, Greg. I'm going to go Alec Ogletree. I know one of Wes's favorites, too. I wanted to talk someone different. Uh, and he's a guy who I think can make a lot of plays. He's moving to middle linebacker. Uh, that front seven is just fantastic for the Rams. We talk a lot about the offense and everything that's wrong about the Rams, uh, but that front seven is so deep and the front four creates so many problems. I think that's going to make it even easier for Ogletree to run all over the field, uh, make plays in the passing game, in the running game, and just make some of those plays that get noticed on television. Uh, he he's one of those guys where his athleticism just jumps off the page. So I, I could see him having that type of season. That's absolutely true. He jumps off the film. I think the one question with him, I don't know if it's a no-brainer move to middle linebacker. Yeah, that's true. Because of his over-pursuit, which he has a big habit of doing. Uh, by the way, one of my sneaky highlights of episode two of Hard Knocks is Alec Oltree in the swimming pool uh, looking to the camera and deadpanning Michael Phelps, black edition. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, is, was it, is there anything uh, that you would want to do less than be chased by one of those guys when they want to throw you into the pool? Like the coaches seem <laughs> genuinely fearful. Like no, like no, like they genuinely were fearing for their lives. I like I like um, the guy, the poor lifeguard getting hip checked into the pool. <laughs> no chance. And I was I'm like a, maybe it's because I'm a dad now, but I'm like freaking out as these like athletes that run like four sixes are sprinting uh, around the wet pool. I'm an old man now. <laughs> Okay, here Dan's we go. Ye- Dan's yelling at the TV screen. <laughs> Stop running! Slow down! You're going to hurt yourself. <laughs> biggest concern, Kevin Patron, the NFC West. Um, biggest concern for me, I'm going with uh, that Jared Goff's future is in the hands of Rob Boris. And Jeff Fisher. <laughs> and Jeff Fisher. Who is Rob Boris? That's the big question. Who isn't Rob Boris? That's the question you should be asking yourself. But, I mean, <laughs> th- this offense, what did we see last year? I mean, it was a, a bunch of – Screens to Tavon Austin and a deep shot every here and there, and then Gurley. That's it. And if that's your offense, how are you expecting to get this quarterback to progress forward? Jeff Fisher has never had, hasn't done it in years. I mean, why, why do we think that this is going to be a no-brainer that Jared Goff is going to really progress to be where we think he could be as talent-wise? Is Rob Boris the new Tom Savage? Tom Savage is real. No, I think Rob Boris is real. Oh, okay. I mean, he's on hard knocks. Yeah, he's on hard knocks. So. A little. Is Dewell Loggins? But do you the trust him? Tom Rob Savage. Boris was all cheesed off on hard knocks. I know that he was. Yeah, I agree with you. If you're if you're Goff, that's it's not the organ. You know, the L.A. Rams situation is obviously cool in terms of getting your name out there and everything. But it's not the organization you'd pick to develop quarterbacks. Sam Bradford down the tube. 
Wes, biggest concern? John Brown, one of my favorite wide receivers. Huh. Ooh. Watch. I'm nervous. Has not played football in August, has not practiced, has not done anything since the start of August because he's had a concussion and has lasted two and a half weeks so far. That's a concern to me. And Bruce Arians admitted Friday, I'm concerned about John Brown. Oh, that's not good. So that's, you know, that's a pretty big red flag. Now all this could go away at any time. Who knows? But a two and a half week absence for a concussion has to be a concern. The positive is they do have, they are deep at wide receiver. Yes, as far as the concern, I mean, you want to be concerned for a guy's health, but I mean, as far as the team goes, yeah, but he's a special. He is. He's but a special guy. And yeah, of course, you're right. They have come that absolutely. They have Floyd. They have Fitzgerald. They have you know, David, J. J. David Nelson. Johnson, J. J. Nelson. J. J. Nelson. But Brown, to me, is the he, he should be the best receiver on that team, which is. It's tough. The way you well, maybe not. Respect Larry Fitzgerald maybe, over maybe and over again. He could, he could. He could be the best. He definitely has T. Y. Hilton esque skills. We've Absolutely. been hearing that, and he, you know, I thought he was somewhat still an unpolished player. You know, left some yards on the field at times last year. This could be his real breakout year, where he becomes a breakout star in a true way. But he needs to get his health right. Um, my underrated, uh, excuse me, my biggest concern. All right, Wes, you're not going to like this one either. But Carson Palmer, are you going to be okay, buddy? You going to be okay? That's a fair concern. He w- he had a blessed season last year. Played hashtag blessed. Yeah, hashtag blessed. Played pretty terribly and was fortunate to get out of the NFC Divisional playoffs against the Packers, and then had one of the worst playoff games ever uh, in the NFC Championship game where he threw. I, I kind of forgot about this when I went back to just. The, that <laughs> you guy, did not forget no, about no, no, this. Forgot. No one is responsible this for is seven turnovers in one game he, or six turnovers. He had in one six game? turnovers. I knew it was bad. I didn't realize it was six turnovers bad in the NFC Championship game. I mean, that is the stuff that that's Jake Delhomme level. Bit. That goes in your obituary. Let's face it. So you, you got to turn the favor. You got a guy. I'm not going to go crazy about his age or anything like that because I think he'll he'll still be uh, um, a gifted physically guy, but physical guy, but. The idea that the psychological scars that go along with that type of uh, playoff run, I wonder if that's going to stick with him a little bit because I do see them as a playoff team this year again. He's going to face down those demons and get a week full of questions about can you come back from what happened last year? Perhaps, I, perhaps I'm misremembering, but didn't you defend Cam Newton coming off of a Super Bowl loss last year and he didn't play that great? What's the difference between the two? How can you say one's going to bounce because back Because Cam Newton didn't another? have six turnovers. Well, he still had the key turnover. He, he was lost to fumble for a touchdown to start the game. On the list of problems I'm in just that saying, game, Cam Newton was not near the top. I think sure. I know what but you're saying. My Kevin. point is that one, uh, how can you put one mentally can come o- overcome it and the other one? I, my honest legitimate. To answer your question, it's apples and oranges between their playoff struggles. I agree, and here's why. Because you can – part of me wants to write it off Palmer's injured index finger on his throwing hand, which was clearly an issue, and our reporters reported that, that it is an issue going into that game. But you saw the look in his eye in the Packers yeah, game the and the Panthers. Scouts saw the look in his eye. Mm. The look. He didn't look like he was confident playing there. And, well, and maybe it was because of the finger that he wasn't confident. Well, the Cardinals maybe. aren't worried. They gave him an extra year on his contract. I don't think they're worried. And Arians has said that repeatedly, that a week and a half after that game, he thought Palmer, Palmer was back to normal. So I, we'll see. I think it's fair to, for Dan or anyone else to ask the question, though. Biggest concern, Greg? Well, my biggest concern is that all the Chip Kelly, Kip, Chip Kelly believers out there, like me, are going to see this as his last possible season in the NFL because this 49ers offense, if any other person was running it, we would just be mocking it on a day-to-day basis. If Mike Malarkey had, had 
Bruce Ellington and Quentin Patton. Not that you know, Bruce Ellington, I think, could be good this year, but he's un, he's unproven. Let's, let's tap the brakes on the Bruce Ellington. Hype. <laughs> well, let's see. <laughs> the, more importantly, if he had Blaine Gabbert, Jeff Driscoll, and this version of Colin Kaepernick as his quarterbacks, and all these questions on the offensive line, we would just assume this offense has no chance. That it would be one of the worst two or three offenses in the league. It's an insane-looking offensive roster. It's a real. It could be. In the underrated storylines, too, how insane this 49ers offense looks on paper. And we have so much faith in Chip Kelly to just figure it out. I sort of do, too. But it worries me that this will all just go up in flames and that no coach could could fix this mess. Let's hold that because that's going to resurface later. I was going to say one of my um, underrated storylines I had written down just as a preface was going to be that how little. Let's I, talk about how, it. How We're little, talking about it. How little. I give about the 49ers. See, well, I'm I'm kind of the other way. It's so crazy. That, do you think that's an underrated, underrated that, national I mean, story? Yes, that, Kevin well, Patrick doesn't care about yes, the 49ers. That, I know. I think that most of us, after it, the fall has been so hard that nationally people don't care anymore. They're I'm just like an afterthought. Oh, they're going to be awful and nobody really – nobody's even intrigued by Chip Kelly. I am. I'm fascinated by how, you, weird, and, how weird this team is. It's such a strange team. I want to see – like, I want to see what happens. I don't want to watch a single 49ers. <laughs> underrated storyline, Kevin Patrick. Uh, I'm going to go with the the Seahawks replacing Bruce Irvin. I mean, very little has we have we talked about it. I know Frank Clark is going to be on their passing a lot, take the passing downs, which or when you, Irvin used to rush, but on the running downs, how how are they going to divvy up those snaps? Are they going to be as effective on the second level without uh, without him there? And that we haven't heard a lot about it. Cassius Marsh was in there yesterday, and a lot of those rundowns. So if Frank and Frank Clark's a knucklehead, so you never know. Well, here's why: because Bruce Irvin's was the seventh or eighth most valuable player on the team last year on the defense. Rather. I don't think and you're Frank Clark has, I think, just I mean, has uh, much potential. He's a different sort of player. Replacing much Bruce Irvin on running downs has to be about 14th on the list of like things that their defense would have to worry about. It, it's it's telling that I if that's a concern for them, you're I right. They're losing a guy that got a monster uh, contract, right? And yet it seems so minor to them. Wes. Biggest concerns? Underrated storyline. Story Let's stay with Seattle. The Legion of Boom is better than ever. They Last offseason, every perennial All-Pro in that secondary was coming off a of surgery or a major injury. They started a little slowly, and that was one of the problems why they were 3-3 three and three at one point last year. They're all healthy this year. They bring back Brandon Brown, which probably isn't even a great thing, but no. Richard Sherman is talking up Therold Simon as a guy who has a higher ceiling than he does, and he's a perennial All-Pro. Jeremy Lane is back, which caused Pete Carroll to say this is the deepest our secondary has ever been. I think this defense, and particularly the Legion of Boom, is better than ever. Watch out for this. You're not going to get another bad Earl Thomas season like you had a year ago. It wasn't even bad. It just wasn't like best safety in the league. We are in lockstep on this, Wes, because I had written the Seahawks or the not-so-sleeping giant uh, in a year where we, I think we are openly talking about it, not all of us, but can Carolina maintain what they did last year? How about Arizona? Will they be able to be as good as they were last year? And Seattle's kind of forgotten about a little bit here, but I have a, a feeling, a bit of a Sessler, uh, that they are going to be back in a big way this year and be maybe, to me, the NFC favorite um, going into the season. Uh, I'm with you, Wes. I was getting that Super Bowl feeling about the Seahawks in late July, which I think was about a month or two after Greg was getting that Super Bowl. And now you guys are giving me grief for saying they were the favorites. Well, what is your underrated they're a, they're a sexy little team there. Uh, my, <laughs> my underrated story. I'm down, Greg. That's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, I wish we had the Debbie Does Dallas drop or the Greggy Does <laughs> Dallas drop right now. My my underrated storyline was something Wes uh, hit on in his uh, most improved series this week, which everyone should check out. It was really good, NFL.com slash Wesseling. He's, he did most improved different position groups, and one of the most improved front sevens were the Cardinals. And that's the one thing no one ever talks about with the Cardinals, and I totally agree that like Chandler Jones is set up to have a really big season there I, just because I think his role is going to be different, if nothing else. He's going to be rushing the passer more. Marcus Golden, I think, is a good player. Alex Ov- Okafor is coming back. You got Calais Campbell. You're a little healthier. In, uh, Kim Diche hopefully gives them some juice eventually. Why? Why did Kim Kim, Kim DJ, Kim DJ, Kim DJ, why did you fall out that window? Kim DJ, Kim DJ, Kim DJ, it explains your fall down the draft board. <laughs> it's one of my all-time favorite hits. <laughs> you said it. Patrick, what was it like to see that live? Uh, terrifying. <laughs> Your uh, eyes, like, rolled back into your head. It's really weird. Well, I go into a different place. Yeah, clearly. At, at that point, I'm a performer Do you, on stage. Does it take a year or two off your life every time? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you suffer for your songs. You suffer for it. Do you have an answer to that, by the way? What is the question? <laughs> why did he fall out the window? Wes oh. questioned oh. you about it. Oh, I thought you were asking why did he fall no. out the window. Uh, oh, he was on drugs. <laughs> oh, that's what I thought. <laughs> I don't even remember what Wes's question What, what was my question? Point. Uh, you yeah, said, he, was setting, think... he was setting no, he, you up. I was that setting was... you up. That's oh, it was a wanted, setup. Yeah, I wanted to know why you fell out the window. But yeah, straight, John Stockton. But straight over the red kid there. <laughs> it did. Uh, all right. Here we go. Uh, did you do your set? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> that was, <laughs> that it. was it. I mean, this segment, it never ends. It's... I mean, let's be honest. Finally, the song that best describes uh, your opinion on the NFC West. Get us going, Patrick. It's either going to be Eminem or DMX. No. Nope. I mean, what? Whoa, Way what? out of the box. Whoa, whoa. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have guessed this song in a million Oh, years. little Jim Croce. Yeah. <laughs> the Kissing Cousins are one and the same now. I just, I just thought of this song when I thought of this division because right, you got, explain. got old, two old, two old frisky men, Pete Carroll and Bruce Arians, and that's the clashing at the end. Those are the only two teams in this division I think are worth watching. And I think I'm not going to say that this song is going to. What is the name of the song, by the way? Don't. Whoa, what? Don't I tug on Superman's. You don't case? mess around no, with Jim. Don't mess Jim. around with Jim. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I'm not going to say that the end of the season is going to end the same way as the song with Slim beating up Jim, but. <laughs> I think that those—that's what it's going to be. Come By the way, great. Back, I like it. You don't—you don't pull the mask off the old Lone Ranger, and you don't mess around with Jim. The song that best describes the NFC West, Chris Wessel. Okay, I'm sorry, Greg. I'm a, I'm on your corner here with hip hop. Oh, I tried to get off the corner today, but it didn't taking happen. this back to the late '80s, Cool Mo D. How you like How me, Matt? Feel to see you another <laughs> MC get paid. Using my rap style, and I'm playing the background. Meanwhile, I ain't with that. You can't forget that. You took my style. I'm like of the opinion that every hip-hop song sounded exactly the same in 1990. Yes, it did. I think this is probably like 87 or something. Oh, is it early? All right, why does that song? How you like me now? The Seahawks, you know, Cardinals. As much as I love the Cardinals, they took the division last year, but this division belongs to the Seahawks. Mm. They're coming back. They've got that Super Bowl feeling, and how you like me now when they're sitting there with the, – well, they're not going to have the Lombardi trophy because Tom Brady's going to have it, but they're going to be in the Super Bowl. From 0-4 to, to, what, 15-4. Oh, I like this. I like that. <laughs> All right. I uh, – you know, you guys are – you're flying high on the Kissing Cousins corner, but I got to look at the other side of what's going on in this division. Tell me you see. 
yeah, I'm going to Coldplay concert on Saturday. So. the part to listen to. Now let's just listen to the rest. No, let's not. Alright. Okay. Nobody said okay, it was you've, easy. You've run out of time. Yeah. Alright, my exactly. song. <laughs> I don't know how to understand. Nobody said it was easy. Nobody ever said it was going to be this hard. Chip Kelly, uh, you know, he is about to join, unfortunately, or, or fortunately, if you're uh, not a fan of Chip Kelly, uh, Steve Spurrier, Nick Saban, Bobby Petrino, Dennis Erickson, Butch Davis, Lou Holtz. So it goes on and on. The college coach that dominated at one level and couldn't get it done in the other. But in, in Kelly's defense, this is might be more a situation where as opposed to taking – and this, he could take blame for this as well – as opposed to taking a better – job and maybe as an offensive coordinator and reestablishing his stock and then jumping to uh, a better head coaching position. He wanted to stay in the top chair. The Niners were willing to give him the chance, which is good, but be careful what you sign up for because uh, just like poor Jimmy Tomsula, who was never seen again, uh, you're rearranging the deck chairs of the Titanic. I think this is the same situation. This is a situation where you have Colin Kaepernick, who doesn't even look like the same person anymore physically. Uh, and has a fatigued arm and hasn't even done anything. Uh, Jesus. Camp. And now, and Blaine Gabbert, the o- your only hope is Blaine Gabbert in 2016? Marron. And, and, and Chip it, Kelly's banged in a big spot. And, every, <laughs> and everyone knows around the league that it's so hopeless that the best Chip Kelly could do to run his defense is Jim O'Neill, the Browns defensive coordinator from a year ago, which you never would have thought that guy would have gotten a job, but Chip Kelly had a hard time finding people who would take the job. Uh, Not a good situation for Chip. Sad. Have fun in college, buddy, next year. Who's, All right. Who's writing hey, our, our game-watching schedule on Sundays this year? Ely. It's probably Ely. I need to request never to be put on a 49ers game. <laughs> Finally, Greg, um, the song that Afternoon. best describes. I, All right. I wanted one that would play in the room better, but I couldn't just – it's hard to think of these songs that really fit. Yes. So let's do it. You want it to be a yeah. fighter. You want it to be a killer. You want it to be a killer. It's a little, uh, Scott, little rocky. Dan's getting excited. Greg loves his songs more than anyone. All right, this right here. You, you can turn. What's the song? This is The Champ. Okay. This is The Champ by Ghostface Killer because this is where the champ's coming from. Seahawks are going to win the Super Bowl this year. I think these are the best two rosters wow. in the NFL. The Cardinals and the Seahawks have the best two rosters in the NFL, and uh, I like the Seahawks to win the Super Bowl this year. And so they're the champ. That's it. I like that. A lot of Seahawks. I can't love. debate any of that. It's good. I, I think and they, look at that energy. If 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 Pete if Pete Carroll was a rapper, he'd be Ghostface Killer. <laughs> Just nonstop energy. You thought he was out of the game for a little mm. bit, and then he comes back. He comes back with this. I would put the Patriots on the same level as the Cardinals and Seahawks. and they, Not for their roster, though. Or their roster, really? which is offensively, I think it's going to be like 2007-level offense. That's fair. Once Brady comes back. And also, he's an assassin, and 
Carson Palmer is not. It's a good roster. You know, I give the other the other things there that make the Patriots good, finishing strong, figuring out their weaknesses, Belichick, all oh, that helps. But it's just pure roster, I think those two teams are loaded. All right, that's it for today's show. Uh, a little special uh, special edition of the Around the NFL podcast because uh, just like Mark Sessler, and I, Mark Sessler and I got our start on the ETL Debate Club by uh, tacking on at the back of the Damashek show, a little treat for everybody. We'll call it the pilot of Marital Blitz with Connie Fox, Colleen Wolf, mm. and Gonzo, John Gonzalez, who are, uh, Wes, not just friends of the show, but legit Actual friends. Actual friends in real life and good people. Talented people. Very talented. Handsome, handsome people. Uh, an attractive couple. Absolutely. And a fun couple. <laughs> a, a couple that embraces life. Everything are they a couple? Good. I'm not sure. They are. They are married. Gotcha. Uh, and I don't know if this podcast will be any good. It could be bad. It could be great. It could well, be better than ours. I, you never know. It's not going to be couple bad. Talented people have put out great work throughout their careers. I, but I sometimes give them the benefit of the doubt. Great. great things don't produce. Uh, great people don't always produce great things. I, I'm just throwing that out there, too. <laughs> They think, by the way, I'm throwing it to them. So maybe is a, a way to uh, to welcome them to the podcast community here at NFL.com because I'm always welcoming, Greg, to different podcasts joining. Please. Our, um, I see our where world. this is going. You're trying to undercut another podcast like you did the <laughs> Rosenthal and Jessalyn McVandy project. RJPP. Look at that. Um, are you done now? <laughs> that's, that's, I'm happy. That's over, bro. I'm happy for the day. Who knows? Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Get tweets about it every day. Um, every day. Oh, many. I'll show. <laughs> Are you done? <laughs> Are you done turning this into me and my best friend podcast talk? <laughs> this is about marital blitz, and, but I will not be throwing it to them. So this is Dan Hansis signing off for Kevin Patrick coming at you. The mailman. The boss. Boss all excited. And the Irishman behind the glass. Till Monday! Wow, thanks guys. How about this? That was so nice of them to actually hand it off to us. And here I am here, Colleen Wolf with John Gonzalez, this guy that won't leave me alone now for, what has it been, eight years? About that, about seven or eight years. Do you think that they actually toss to us or are they just getting this, getting us to do this now? I think that somebody made them do it and they just sort of agreed to it. And they were like, all right, fine. I guess we'll like tack them on at the end of our podcast, but hopefully they don't drag down the numbers, can- which almost certainly will happen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're going to ruin their podcast for them. Whatever success ATN had before this is over. Yeah. Hey, everybody, this is Marital Blitz, the podcast that the uh, NFL, we're not really sure if NFL Media has picked it up yet or will pick it up, and we might actually get fired for this. But well, I don't work here, so right. you might get fired. And then neither one of us will have a job. Excellent. I so, quit my job and moved to California, so that'll work out nicely. Good luck. I'm glad we're taking this risk. It's going to be awesome. So this podcast, it's not not going to be the hardcore football podcast. That's why you guys have the ATN guys to cover all of that. They do such a good job with it. We're going to do some of the lighter stuff and get into some of the more things. Like, actually, Dan Hansis has the uh, end around. Yes. And it's sort of like that. We're basically just making a pod out of it. Yeah, we decided to take Dan's blog and turn it into a pod without Dan. Right. So, but, Dan, uh, we thanks, do Dan. invite you to come on our podcast. Yeah, well, we've ha- I've had 
uh, the ATN guys on the show that I abandoned to come right. here with you. Uh, so How'd that go? Is that the reason why uh, you don't have the show anymore? Right, and here we are. So uh, well, maybe Dan will join us. Maybe the guys will join us at a later date. Should we, well, when we're doing the pod actually on Venice Beach because you're going to get fired. Yeah, yeah. I know. All Come right. see us. It's going to be great. That doesn't really sound that bad. Put some coins in the hat that I'll place out there. <laughs> okay, so let's get to some news here. First off, RG3. Mm-hmm. got to talk about this because he's getting a divorce, which I didn't really know much about his wife and why would I? Why would really anybody? Because it's not like she She's in the spotlight, but she's, uh, they're getting a divorce and we find out like days later that he already has a tattoo on his arm of his new girlfriend's name. Yeah, this is pretty amazing. So the ink on his, uh, his divorce papers not yet dry before he gets ink on his arm about the new girlfriend. And my reaction was, dude, what are you doing? I don't- no, God, <laughs> no, God, please. No, 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 no. That yeah. was actually me. That's that's what it sounded like when I heard about this because, okay, first of all, tattoos in general, I'm not really into them because... I love tattoos. I like tattoos on guys, but I don't have a tattoo, and I know you don't have a tattoo, but hey, John, by the way, I really like tattoos Wh- on guys. I think they're like really hot. So I don't have <laughs> Like any- a sleeve is really, yeah. So I don't have any tattoos? Yeah. What, what guy tattoos do you find hot that I'm, I'm just <laughs> finding out about on this pod that... Just, it's just now happening. I'm a ch- I, I've been out here for two years. What happened while I was in Philadelphia? <laughs> <laughs> but so uh, his new girlfriend, her name, I'm not really sure if I can pronounce it right, but I think it's like, it's Gret Sadiko. Mm-hmm. She goes to like or something, right? She's yes. Catholic, She's maybe? a heptathlon. Oh, heptathlon. Right. Dudes do the heptathlon. No, decathlon. Yes. And the ladies do the heptathlon. Right. It's hard for me to keep my athlons straight. I'm not even really sure what that is. I just know it's track and field. You and do stuff on the field. Yeah. You throw and run and all that stuff. But so this is a terrible idea. RG3 has made yet in a surprising development. RG3 has made another mistake. I can't believe it. <laughs> but what is the worst uh, pre uh, like aside from marrying me? What is the worst relationship? Mm-hmm decision you've made because that would that i mean you took my answer that would be it but right. uh god That's i don't know I'm, I'm pretty sure i've been pretty perfect no i i actually know yours i actually know yours <laughs> you gave keys to a dude who came into your place this is an actually true story who came into your place while you were sleeping to go through your phone that That's, happened. That actually happened. Yeah, it's super creepy. Um, I don't even know why you're bringing that up right now. Because that was the worst decision is, you made. I guess so, but we were dating, whatever. I mean, that's that's what happens. But I mean, yeah, I guess dude, it was coming to an end, and yes. I um, can't tell you how many dudes have come into my room while I was sleeping from the keys that I gave them. <laughs> I have, all, Of course, like you said, who hasn't been there? Mine by far was, I, I, I learned this the hard way, you, you should never break up with somebody at your own place. Because you you can't leave. You live there. And I remember when I lived in Dallas uh, and I was working for a radio station down there and like she worked at the station with me. And I was like, all right, well, when we're done, just come over. And I was like going to do this. It was, so it was about five o'clock. And I wanted to go to Arby's because Arby's had, this is true. Sure, yeah. Right. Arby's had like the I've, five I've like five. basically told guys or told myself that I'm not going to break up with a guy because I'm too hungry at that moment. This is all, this all makes complete sense. So and this is why we're together because we love to go to Arby's together. So I wanted to go to Arby's like five o'clock. So I broke up with her and I just anticipated that she would leave, but she didn't leave. 
And she didn't leave. Like, I broke up with her, and she just sat on the couch next to me. And oh, I thought no. to myself, oh, ah. so I already, like, broke up with her, and she's, like, really sad. Was there, like, a show on or a movie or anything? Well, I, I think we were watching, like, Seinfeld or something. There was some sort of marathon. But she didn't leave for hours. And I was no. like, missing my Arby's window. How did you finally get her out? I think, I, I think at some point I was... I don't even remember. Maybe I went to the bathroom and barricaded myself. I don't. I don't I'm, remember that. I'm sure she probably has a tattoo of your name on her arm. So. Yeah, I wasn't. When was the last time, by the way, that you had fast food? Because we don't really eat fast food. It's uh, yeah. I don't. It's been a really long time. Was it Christmas Eve when we went to In and Out? It was probably that. Yeah, yeah, we had a really romantic Christmas Eve, gang. By the way, best place to go on Christmas Eve is In and Out. Everybody does it in Southern California. Yes. All right. So also this week, Hard Knocks. Mm-hmm. We are super current. And um, we're talking about it days after the fact, but we're not going to be long on this. It's just going to be really quick. And it's just like, it's not the mermaids or the the dummies. We've got our finger on the pulse of what's current, Colleen. We're doing hard knocks days (laughs) later. We're going to talk about that Game of Thrones finale that everybody (laughs) hasn't shut up about. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) This pod is for you. We're just trying to stay afloat here. But listen, hard knocks, we have to talk about this. Um, I... I love Mike Waffle. Mm-hmm. Why? Defensive line coach. He kind of reminds me of my mom a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. They're, um, they're both, they both have hot takes. He's <laughs> pretty angry. I know you look at Mike Waffle and you're like, yes, he is very motherly. Well, well if you're saying that he reminds – what basically what you're saying is he reminds you of your mom, which means that like I am basically like my mother-in-law is Mike Waffle. That's yeah. What well, yeah. I mean, don't you see it a little bit? I, I, oh, mean, yeah. I when I watch, because I've been looking at all the different coaches and assistants, and he's the one by far that I want to see more of. I would like to see more of your mother. We should find out from your mother what she thinks. You about. would like to see more of my mom? Yeah, I like your mom. What's I mean, I, mom? I love my mom, too. Well, you're throwing shit well, at your mom? Well, should we get her on the phone? Get your mother on the phone. Get Ann Wolf on the phone immediately. All right, we'll, we'll work on that. We'll call her up. Um, can we get her... Can we get the her live in here dialing? Of course we can, Colleen. Cool. See, this is an he's a professional podcast producer. It's Brandon still behind the glass, everybody. By the way, the whole it, crew's back there. It's still me. Yeah, I just never left from ATN. I like that. Oh, they don't let you go home. They probably do. They let you take lunch, or they just like flog you with extension cords, or what? I feel like I listen to the pod. What? No, I feel I listen to the pod, and I and I feel like you're the undervalued member. You're like the fifth member of the A team that nobody knows about. I really, I'm loving this podcast already. Right, oh, yeah, great. you're on board See? with us. You're a full-fledged member of whatever this thing is. Check is in the mail, and by check, <laughs> I mean a smile and a thank you. I'll take it. Yes. Um, so, yeah, my mom has this, like, irrational hatred for the Seahawks and Pete Carroll and a lot of just random other things that I can never tell why she doesn't like it or whatever, um, but she gets very angry and heated about different things. And yes. I think that's why that's the connection there between Mike Waffle and my mother. Yeah. Who do you think curses more? Oh, I've, that is a push. I would like to hear the two of them just talk to each other. Like what kind of like, how, what would the percentage be between those two uh, swear words to regular words? Um, it would be like, like swear- 60, 40 yes. swear words. Yeah, maybe like 70, well, 30. You're going to go over? Yeah, yeah I think so. Right. All right, here we go. Hi, NFL Network. <laughs> oh, mom. Hi. So I guess dad hi, told um, you that we huh? were going to call. What did you say? I said, I guess dad told you that we were going to call. Yeah. And then I read the phone cause I'm in the kitchen. Um, 
cooking. Oh, What's yeah, going yeah, yeah. On? I am. John's here, too. Hi, how are you? It's good. We're just at work. Um, we were talking about different teams that we were uh, thinking about would maybe make it back to the, the Super Bowl. Um, and I know how much you love the Seahawks, but do you think that they can make it back? In a way, I'm kind of thinking they might, but uh, I know they'll be in the final playoff game, mm-hmm. probably, but um, I don't know, but I hate them. You know how much I hate them. But why? Because I don't like Pete Carroll, first of all. He's a jerk. <laughs> And the rest of them, I just, I don't know. Some of the players on there I just don't like. And they're just, like, smug and smart-ass and kind of like the Patriots, who I dislike immensely. And then, um, oh, the guy, I can't think of his name, with the crazy uh, black, long, uh, curly hair. What the hell is his name? (laughs) (laughs) Who? Richard Sherman? Yes. Yes, I can't stand him. What about his lung? No, she said black long hair. Oh, I thought she said he had the black lung. Thought, like he had some I sort thought, of like pirate scurvy disease. At first disease. I thought black lung are you, too. Are you um, talking from home too? Is this like a conference thing or what? Yep, definitely at home. Yeah, uh, it's, like <sighs> a, it's like a conference thing. Yeah. Are you excited about, uh, what about the Eagles? Are you excited about the Eagles? Oh, them out in Pittsburgh? Well, you know what? Yeah, Pittsburgh. Oh, I mean, the Eagles, the... I don't know. Nobody don't likes think... Pittsburgh. What, what's wrong with Pittsburgh, Just Mom? Pittsburgh always wins. They're as bad as, um, you know, uh, the, the, the teams, out, uh, all sorts of teams out in Pittsburgh. <laughs> They're great. Yeah. But on the East Coast, in, in Philly here, they suck. Everything. Phillies, well, Flyers, everybody. Yeah, but the, the Eagles might be better this year, though it doesn't really feel well, because like because Carson Wentz, he ended up getting a hairline fracture of his ribs. Yeah, I know. It's not yeah, a good sign, you know is it? There you go. Don't there you... you go. Right there. Even though they weren't planning on playing him uh, this year, like giving him a rest and letting Sam get out there. But I know how they always play the, you know, the new newbies before, so the other ones don't end up getting injured in the preseason games. Yeah. Now he's hurt. Now, now Chip Kelly is trying to figure out stuff in San Francisco. He's got a major quarterback problem. Really? Yeah. Oh God, who the hell is calling? <laughs> well, um, hold on, hold well, on. It, no, it's, hey, mom, oh, it's mom, mom, mom. How about right. we'll call you back in a little bit, okay? Um. Oh, that's okay. All right. I'll I'll talk to you later. Bye. All right. Love, love you. Bye. bye. Okay. So, um, that was my mom. And we'll everybody. everybody. <laughs> she she little did she know that she was on the podcast. But I'll just tell her later. It'll be fine. I'm sure it'll go over really well. That's gonna. Uh, uh, here's what I know about the Wolf family. They take everything in stride, mm-hmm. and she won't be angry. And there are never any grudges that are held. Never any grudges that are held. So uh, now I understand why you think that uh, your mom reminds you of Waffle. Yeah, a little bit. And, you know, we did touch a little bit on the Rams. She didn't have any hot takes on the Rams. I thought maybe she would. That's why I went there. But um, when we were watching Hard Knocks the other night, Jared Goff was asked Justin Bieber or Justin Timberlake? Yeah, well, he was actually so there was like a whole bunch of questions where like he was asked binary situation, yeah, sushi or hamburger, suit or sweats, and he answered wrong on both of those. By the way, he went sushi; it should be hamburger. He went sweats; it should be suit. Here's the part that he really I screwed completely up. disagree, but it doesn't even matter. Here, Go here's ahead. what he really screwed up: Bieber or Timberlake. And it made like so he was right. It was a hard thing to decide because they're both good, right? Like who doesn't like Sorry? Who doesn't like Timberlake? 
But ultimately, he went with Bieber because it was a generational thing. I know. He said it was, he's closer to my and age. I was like, ah, I almost, I almost had uh, a literal and figurative heart attack mm-hmm. because I am closer in age to Timberlake. And also, he is the, he's the one who basically birthed Justin Bieber. Without Justin Timberlake, there is no Bieber. I guess, but Justin Bieber was like a sensation on YouTube and stuff, right? First, now, wasn't he like one of the Disney kids? I don't know. It doesn't. He wasn't. One, I know Timberlake was a Disney kid. Usher discovered him. That's oh, what he TV did? said. Yeah. All right. Well, whatever. I mean, like Thanks, basically, TV. he's like a cutout. He's like a starter kit of of uh, Justin Timberlake. And just to back John's point, I mean, Timberlake still does stuff like this. Like that's true. Yeah, song of the can't summer. Stop the you feeling. Know, no, you can't. I and you know didn't what? like this at first. And you know what? I don't want to stop the feeling, Brandon. I got this feeling. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <laughs> All right, now he's dancing, and that's that's enough. Luckily, there's no video component to this show yet. I apologize to everybody who is looking for football on this podcast. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we will get to it. I promise. That sunshine um, in my pocket. Yeah. All right. That's. Thank okay. you for that. We'll have more uh, on another time of you uh, dancing. Listen, Casey Kasem. I don't know. Is he still alive? But if he's not. This could be my next gig. Yeah, maybe. Hey, you do need a job, so that's great. <laughs> and you're not going to have one after this, so it's going to nope. be Nope. All right, let's move on to Odell Beckham Jr. So there was an article in GQ, yes. which I have yet to read, but um, it sort of talks about his stardom and how big of a star he can be and where he is. It doesn't. It does not it doesn't. talk about okay. that. That's what I was going to ask you about. But what it does talk about is Odell Beckham. <laughs> it's great. You jumped the gun. Odell Beckham is 23, right? And he's rich and he's famous and he's popular and he this summer wait pause what? when what were you doing when you were 23 uh where was i i was in dallas this was pre couch breakup mm-hmm. uh in my place i was probably eating tuna out of a can uh i didn't have any money not not like what dissimilar, were you a cat not dissimilar to what i am now at, at not 23 but what were you doing at 23 i i was finally i was out of college i was working at comcast sports and i actually met oh. you in the Eagles locker room, that yeah. so depressing. And you know what? Let's play the game of when you were 23, how old was I? I don't like to play that game. So anyway, <laughs> Odell Beckham was 23, uh, and this summer, like, he was looking for stuff to do. So he's buddies with Drake, and he decided uh, Drake had him house sit for him in his house in Calabasas. And so in this GQ piece, Odell Beckham is going through, like, what an amazing house this is, right? And he was saying that we're on two different levels right now, basically implying that he hopes to get to Drake's level because he was watching Drake – Uh, and his management team and how hard Drake works and how hard he works at being Drake. And he said that he saw how Drake, quote, iced out the people and things in his life that didn't matter because he's all about being Drake, right? So my my question is how, like, on the level of celebrity, Drake is massive, right? Mm -hmm. So where do we think Odell – where do we think ODB can get to? Because he's handsome, he's super talented, uh, he's in GQ, he's in New York, he's young. Are we thinking, like – you know, like an Aaron Rodgers, Olivia Munn level fame? Are we thinking like a Brady and Giselle level fame? Or are we talking like one day LeBron Drake level fame? Because that's like, once you get to LeBron and Jake are like co-equals. In sure. Their, in well, their I mean, it fields. all depends on how he plays this. And I mean, literally on the field, if he continues to play at the level he is at right now. Also, though, he's got to do other stuff too, like I mean, movies. 
He has to do those other things, endorsements. Maybe he comes out with some shoes like or some type of item that people are like headphones, anything like that. I know those are all like kind of old and done, but like his, whatever his thing is and it needs to be like popping off. No, these attendant like ancillary things, these are sort of like satellite concerns that that are around athletes and um, musicians and entertainers or whatever that you just rattled off are important to like raising celebrity. And this is probably a bad example, but I'm going to do it anyway. Like when OJ, I knew you were going to OJ. I know. And I hate to do it, but I had like watched the documentary and whatever. The Hertz commercial. Well, not just the Hertz commercials, (laughs) but he was in movies. I forget what like spaceman movie he was on when he was on naked uh, gun. He was in one of the naked guns. He was in the naked gun. Uh, He was in a movie also though, where he had like a big acting part where he Mm -hmm. was like on a planet somewhere. And at the end he died. Eyes like alone. You got it. You know what it was. You don't. Brandon doesn't know what. Brandon it was. said when he was twenty three, he was on Marital Blitz. He definitely doesn't know what the hell you're talking about. I, right all now. right. Anyway, my whole point here is that OJ got out of football to pursue these other things and also to continue with them because he was doing them like simultaneously. Mm-hmm. So I think ODB, like if he's he's already in GQ, he's already hanging out with Drake. It's not like he's not kind of already going down that road. I think he's going to be massive. I mean, he definitely has the potential, but he needs to permeate the pop culture landscape a little bit more. He's getting there, but I mean, Aaron Rodgers, Olivia Munn, Tom Brady, Giselle, this is why they are where they are. They're really good. And also, like, they, their partner is also very popular. Right. That's a big deal. Famous. You can get a, a fun popular talented employed partner that's what you want yeah jackpot as opposed to the opposite by the way let me know if you find one yeah or you rather (laughs) um the movie was called capricorn one who could forget that colleen really we're gonna have to watch that see here's the problem with doing a, a pop culture slash football podcast the pop culture component is not exactly Colleen's strong suit. Like, I can't get her to sit down. Like, we'll I'm play- so glad you're selling this right well, now. We said, well, so we play the celebrity site because we're in L.A., right? And who doesn't play the celebrity sighting game? Everybody does that. So, like, our big one was John Goodman. We were at the, uh, we were at the uh, car wash, and he leaned across to toss some garbage into a can. We kind of had a moment. It was a big deal. Uh, but so we ha- always talk about, like, who, like, Colleen's friend the other day had dinner next to Hasselhoff. Hasselhoff, I know. There's there's a lot of celebrities in Santa Monica that we've seen. A lot. The Whole Foods is like a hotbed for celebrities. But how many do you think but you've missed out on? Because a lot. I I don't really, you know, I don't really play that game. So I'm sure I've been around maybe 50 celebrities. I would ballpark it around 50 that I just didn't even know. You just but, have random celebrity encounters that you don't know about. We're gonna put a GoPro yeah. on you. We're gonna, so the, on the next show, mm-hmm. because uh, I'm hoping right. that there is a next one, we'll, we shall see. Um, maybe, we'll, uh, maybe we'll do something with all the celebrity sightings I like that, that. Um, I have missed or maybe <laughs> that you have seen in the last week. It's a podcast. So what I'll do is I'll just bring in visual clues and you'll just do it that way. <laughs> Perfect. And it'll be great for all the listeners. That's great. Well, hey, that's all the time we have here. I want to thank all of the Around the NFL guys for letting us actually be on the back end of their podcast. That was very nice of them. Um, also, everybody for behind the glass for helping us put this together. John, thanks for joining me. You had no choice. Per usual. He already took off his headset. That's great. You're already slacking. You don't even have a job. That's great. (laughs) All right. Well, we're hoping NFL will pick us up. Let us know your thoughts. Give us your feedback. You can tweet us and um, just let us know what you think. In the meantime, maybe we will see you next time. Have a great week, everybody.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. So should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly. How much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.